welcome to episode 98-97 of the Sunday Conversation podcast, um, hosted by us, uh, presented by Loyalty Liquors down in the colony, uh, which is Plano, Texas. Um, but it's not Plano, Texas, it's the colony, because that's the name of the town, but um, yeah, shit. Uh, episode 98-97. How the hell are you? Do, do you want to do you want to <laughs> the, the call out no, segment I mean, of this not... episode over immediately? Uh, I think I just wanted to go with that. I'm done with it. We had a minor uh, miss miss uh, numbering of the episodes, and uh, Aaron, I noticed um, he's point shaving. <laughs> it's exactly what he's doing he's trying to get to his uh episode 500 quicker than uh we are supposed to be going there and uh for that he will wait until episode 501 which is kind of cooler anyway so um big week how the hell are you dude oh fuck i got an account call me pause hold on i'm gonna pause this oh let's keep him on no not this guy he's probably (laughs) calling to yell at me I don't even know how to pause this. Whatever. <laughs> Hello. Hey, uh, no. I have a very old noise is with you. And I'm going on vacation. Okay. So I don't want to get posted. Okay. I have a jack ready. Do you want to come and pick it up tomorrow? Yeah, I'll come. As soon as they clear the roads up tomorrow, I'll swing by and grab it and uh, and take care of it. No problem. Okay, make sure I don't get posted, okay? Because yep. I'm going on vacation. Too. All right. Yeah. Got, got you, buddy. No problem. Yeah, all right. Because it's very old in ways. Yeah, I'll swing by and grab it tomorrow. No problem. All right. Thank you. I don't know that. Yep, I will. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Did we stop Uh, recording? He didn't yell at me. No, because so what happens is. Dude, money never sleeps. Fuck right. Well, no, what happens is. That's the first money this uh, this, uh, this podcast has made in, you know, quite some time. Okay, there we go. No, what happens is because my phone is like is like kind of attached to my laptop. Like I can't text through my laptop, but like when calls come in, they come in on my phone as well or on my uh, laptop as well. Laptop as well. And so it closes out the, the zoom screen and I can never figure out how to get it back up the way I had it. And then, so I can't, I couldn't pause it. So anyways, that's a little bit of my job. That guy's going on vacation. I got to pick up a check for him tomorrow. When after the Hey, just don't let him get posted. That's all. That's all I got to say. Right. I mean, I might just let him get posted. What the fuck's he going to know? He's going to be on vacation. Fuck him. <laughs> oh, great. Hey, great great job there. Great work. Great How work. the fuck do I do this now? Because now I'm looking at myself full screen. And like, I, I mean, I don't want to see my mug. You keep having flies land on your head. I'm trying to see you. Anyways. Um, Lord okay. of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, um, yeah I uh, listen. So when you, I noticed this early on when you're, when you're editing or when you're posting the podcast when you're posting the podcast it it asks you for the episode number right and so there's an arrow you can click up to the episode well obviously it takes a while now that we've got so many episodes so i started typing them in but then i would notice it would post them with the wrong episode numbers i'd type in like 92 when it'd be like 37 i'd be like what the fuck so i started just clicking all the way up and then i made a, a small mistake missed an episode and so now uh, episode 94 is lost forever, even though the episode number is right. Also, I got to call out our listeners. How the fuck 
of the 330 million people that listen to this podcast, how the fuck did nobody text me and tell me earlier? Yeah, like, what the hey, fuck? This is wrong. Also, kind of outing myself for how much attention I pay when I'm editing. <laughs> I didn't fucking notice either. So, fuck me, I guess. Uh, but anyways, um, Benny, how's uh, how's your week going, pal? Uh, actually, week is uh, great. Like, uh, very extremely low-key. Um, just kind of hanging out, uh, putting some, putting some words on paper, um, and, or, and, or words on type, uh, started on paper. And then I realized that we're in 2022 and it's stupid to put shit on paper. So, um, anyway, yeah, but I did have, well, we did have a pretty cool highlight this week. Um, we released some sea turtles to the ocean. Yeah. So what was the deal? With um, you, you obviously sent me the, the pictures and videos yesterday, but I didn't, I didn't want to get into it. It was very, it. it was nothing, nothing crazy at all, but uh, they got a little like turtle program down here. Um, we're in Las Panitas, Nicaragua um, at the beach. Big fucking Pacific swell, strong ass waves and cold, dude. It's surprisingly like way colder than, uh, than El Salvador, like the, the water temperature in El Salvador was like warm and it's like definitely chilly here. Reminds me of the, uh, the Atlantic, you know, Musquamacate or whatever in the, uh, you know, early, not early summer, but late summer. Like I wish I had a temperature for you so I could be exact, but, um, uh, somebody where, where we're going next, I guess it's going to be even colder. So we're going farther South in Nicaragua. Um, but until we go to the Caribbean side, we're going diving. Um, but, uh, sorry, I'll go back to the turtles. So yeah, we're in Las Panitas and it's, I guess, uh, like just the beaches or whatever, but the turtles, it's a big, it's like a highly, frequented trafficked beach for yep. for turtles they always come back to lay um so what they do is there's this like little research program i guess that they when the the mom turtles come and lay the eggs they they go and pick them up and bring them to this like enclosed shack i guess you could say mm-hmm. so um but it's like uh let's see it's like this big ass like tented area and it's gridded off and uh basically they they bury the eggs like in in this like grid pattern and uh just hatch so every day i think like starting in august wait what are we Sorry, we got a lot of traffic around here. I'm gonna go try to sit somewhere else. Um, but uh, so the turtles people goes and gets them, collects them, brings them back to this like tent underneath the tent. So then they just bury them. So all I guess for like three or four months, these things are just hatching, and every day they have like a specified amount. So like the day we went, we had like 140 or something, 150. Um, today there was like 200 turtles, but you just bring them down by the uh, ocean and fucking let them go, dude. It's fu- it's so cool. But 
uh, the stats on sea turtles are kind of alarming. So uh, it's yeah, also they, kind of like heartbreaking. One in, ten, one in a thousand. But wow. it's one in a thousand from like if they were all the way up. Uh, can you hear that? Like all I mean, the background? Just a little bit. Nothing crazy. Um, so one in a thousand, I guess, make it, and then one in ten thousand, one in a thousand make it to adulthood, and then one in ten thousand make it to like um, egg bearing female. So, but you got to think the way we were doing it, it's like you're taking them from the dune, walking them right down to the water, and then you know, you're giving them a way better fucking chance than just getting picked off by birds and shit, you know? Birds and crabs and all and lizards and all kinds of other fucking things that eat them. Yeah. You, um, but yeah. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing how susceptible they are to fucking just getting snatched up. Dude, like wild. So then when we came back to our like hostel that we're at, um, she the woman told us that sometimes they go get like do the same thing watch and then they brought them right back to the hostel incubated them in the sand and then they hatched them right out of here and brought them right to the water so like it's definitely a thing i guess you're you're helping by taking the eggs i guess definitely not hurting um until you know maybe at some point the entire ocean is overpopulated with sea turtles and then nobody can go swimming because there's so many sea turtles i don't think that i don't think we're ever gonna have to worry about that one because there's fucking things that even eat those things full grown man tiger sharks love sea turtles um that's that's wild it's i have a funny sea turtle that's not really it's not much of a, a story but when i was in hawaii in 2007 uh we went diving with sea turtles and uh, it was actually kind of funny. I mean, it was it was more like a the snorkeling trip. Like, you know, you're out on a boat with a bunch of people and you go out to these places and like there's a, like parts of them are like preserved for sea turtles. And uh, I guess it's like a $10,000 fine in Hawaii if you like touch a sea turtle. So we get to like the second spot that we're going to and uh and there's a bunch of them. They're the green sea turtles. They're fucking all over the place. And, you know, this is like where I first started to kind of get into free diving and shit. So I was just like diving down as far as I could, like not even really paying attention to turtles. So I come up over this reef. This reef was almost like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like, like a giant, like boulder probably, probably went like, I don't know, six, seven feet off the ocean floor but on both sides of it was like sand. It was almost like a ridge that kind of jutted out from the main part of the reef. So I was just wanted to see if I could get down to the bottom. So I dove down to the bottom and I'm coming back up over this ridge of this reef and a fucking green sea turtle like comes out of nowhere on the other side, like coming at me, but I couldn't see it until I got up and it didn't slow down at all. And I like fucking like flip my legs up and like open my legs up as wide as I could and swim like right through my legs. Like, obviously they're going to be like, Hey dude, like, yeah, you accidentally touched that turtle $10,000 ticket. Here you go. Uh, and then on that same trip, somebody got stung by a Portuguese man of war. And so there, there was like three boats on the trip and they had to f- take all the people that were on one of them, put them on another boat. And then f- like as fast as they could get that person back to, 
the land to get uh, medical attention because those things are not anything to be fucked with. Lethal. That jellyfish are a weird thing, you know, and that's why you need the sea turtles. The sea turtles eat the jellyfish. It's it's uh, it's uh, the circle of life, right? What happens when a sea turtle eats a Portuguese man of war? I think is they're that, like immune to it. Sting the, I think they're immune to their, it. Their stomach? I don't know. <laughs> Can we find that out? Yeah, here I'm. A, we we need a we need a research and information team on here at all times. How can sea turtles eat jellyfish boom of course it's on there google the jellyfish's bell can reach several inches across and its long trailing tentacles are packed with stinging cells but the turtle swallows it nonetheless its sharp pointed lips snag the jellyfish while nightmarish backwards pointing spines in its mouth and throat prevent the victim from escaping well, okay but well, i guess so it just can it just said it's immune to it or whatever yeah, yeah amazing amazing how about that that's that's what they call um, I evolution do, I, do, I do know that the natives do like tortuga soup is a is a thing i'm pretty sure they yeah. eat turtles yeah i mean dude it's even sea turtles in iceland they still eat whale in japan they eat fucking dolphin like you know it's just just because it's odd to us actually I, it, so here's a, in america here's a... we eat krispy kreme still <laughs> That's not bad. Not bad. Uh, actually, it's funny we're we're having this little random because you texted me earlier in the week and said, asked me if I watched uh, the Anthony Bourdain documentary Roadrunner. Yeah, man. Hold on before we before we talk about that at all. Uh, so I'm reading his book right now. Uh, a, is it a cook's tour or a chef's tour? A cook's tour. And uh, like I read Kitchen Confidential a few years back. Love that book. How is that? Awesome. Awesome. In fact, I, I, what about for the, for the person that knows nothing about the kitchen, but that's what it is. It's like, it's like a peek behind the curtain of what goes on in kitchens. And like, you know, as somebody that's worked in a couple or well worked in one, and then, you know, now being in a bar, you know, bartending, obviously we have a kitchen and, you know, so I interact with the guys in our, in our kitchen, but like, just, you know, having worked in a restaurant and knowing like what it's like being in a kitchen, you know, I obviously had an idea, but it's a really great peek if you've never worked in a kitchen, what it's like being in a kitchen. It's an awesome right. book. Super well, well written. We're, we're recording on a uh, Thursday here because I'm going off the grid for right. uh, we're going to the Corn Islands right. and I, I want some something to read. So I'm going to download this. Oh, yeah, you'll you'll love it. And I'm, I'm I mean, he's, just, he's got sure. a great he's got a great writing style, too. But anyways. In a cook's tour, it's more, it's basically, so a cook's tour takes place after he got famous from Kitchen Confidential. And, you know, he's, it's when the early stages of him doing his TV shows. And so it's him traveling to these kind of obscure places and, uh, and you know, having experiences with local cultures and stuff like that. Basically what he ended up building his whole reputation on in his TV career. And uh, the chapter I just read, he's in Vietnam and he talks about how he went to this restaurant that's supposed to be like, it's very famous in Asia. I don't know if it still exists. This book is, I think, from the 90s. And uh, basically, it's like this playground for like the uber wealthy. And it's like almost like a zoo, like you walk around and there's all these animals in cages and you can eat like they're all available to be ordered as food. And like, so he's talking about there's like monkeys in there and dogs and all this shit. And so, you know, here you and I are talking about like different cultures eating 
you know, animals that are native that they have to rely on that are weird to us. But like, I mean, that's just the reality of other cultures, you know, it's just, uh, you know, they eat what's, what's available and like Asians eat dogs, you know, and something that fucking happens, which to us is totally weird, but you know, in Hindu religion, they don't eat, you know, the cow is sacred and we eat cows like they're going out of fucking style. So, you know, it's just a matter yeah. of perspective. It I is. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't kidding. Um, I have to say in my tours, like, uh, I think the most native thing that I've eaten so far down here is the, the running chicken soup. Um, did I talk about that when we were in El, El Salvador? That was that episode. That was that episode that we got stuck in like the deep rainforest, not really oh, yeah, deep yeah. rainforest, yep. but yep. like when the tire popped, yep. um, we were on the, on the way back that and we stopped at like a local, very local roadside. Oh yeah. 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 You were talking about, we that, had the yeah. running, What's a, the running, running chicken, chicken yeah. soup. Yeah. 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 And it's just because, you know, the chickens are all over the place down here, just on the yeah. side of the road, running down the street, eating whatever, eating the bugs, eating what they're supposed to be eating so the meat was it was tougher you know it was definitely yeah. tougher but it was you know the way they cooked the whole basically everything was in the pot um yeah. you know the, the head the feet you name it um so that that was in the grand scheme of things not that crazy um well yeah and i mean that's and also from that- the american perspective but we're also on this side of the uh what is that hemisphere not hemisphere what's the uh, what's the lat what's the uh north south ones a longitude right longitudes up and down latitudes left and right yeah i think that's right but i'm saying um like we're not in europe asia Oh, no. I mean, you're in the, you know, for lack of a better term, the undeveloped world. The Americas. The Americas. Um, uh, Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and, But what I was going to say is, like, there's there's also, like, outside of America, which is, you know, an extremely wasteful country, like, a big portion of cooking and food thought is, like, not letting anything go to waste. You know, like, you use everything. You, You find a use for everything. And so in that same, in the same book, a cook's tour, he's talking about how he's eating with this Tuareg tribe in, I want to say it's Morocco, um, but like out in the desert. And I guess it's actually a great story. He like, they prepare, they have a, a way they prepare goats where what they do is they build like a mud hut in the desert. And they basically build this like hut, like almost like a mud oven, uh, big enough for the whole goat to go into. And they, they get the, the, uh, the, you know, oven for lack of a better term, super, super hot. They start a fire, they build this fire, they get it hot, as hot as they can. And then when they're ready, they put the goat in and they close the oven, they close the top, they close the door and, you know, they go around to make sure no smoke gets out. And so they basically build like a smoker in the oven or uh, in the desert uh, from mud. And then, so anyways, he's talking about that and talks about eating the goat's balls, the goat's testicles. And like, that's like supposed to be like the best delicacy of the goat. And, but that's also like stems from, you know, just the, the not wanting to waste anything where in America, like, you know, other than what Rocky mountain oysters, 
which is almost like a kitschy, like touristy thing. You know, we don't, we don't do anything like that. Yeah, dude, we don't. No, but then again, do we? It's all like shit, man. You're right. We do. I mean, think Um, about it. Like tripe in Scotland, you know, liver, they eat sheep's liver. Like there's all kinds of shit all over the world that people eat that are delicacies that, you know, is almost like a foreign thought no pun intended to us, but you know, that's, that's again, difference in cultures. So Betty, give me, uh, give me your, your thoughts on, on road runner, not to turn this into a, a road runner documentary review, but I, I was very moved by it and, and think it's something a lot of people should watch, but now that you've watched oh, it, I think it, I think um, it almost like helped change my entire perspective for this, the traveling that we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, like it's it was very um i guess in like in the beginning like i definitely i could say that i was like a home not like a homebody but like a, a soil body call it like i i didn't particularly like see a complete like need to travel mm. outside of the united states i think cuz you know at this point i've i've probably gone across the united states four or five times maybe even more six times and ben Um, just to interrupt real quick and out of fairness to you the great thing about the united states is it provides all kinds of different experiences you know it's not a small country you can experience everything anyways go on no so you know then obviously um i start you know we decide to take this trip and you know, at first I had these like, you know, whatever, like just, I think I would call them normal, like, you know, uh, bits of anxiety. Like I'd never really gone out of the country for an extended period of time. So, um, so then when, you know, we started going, it it was like, fuck, this is awesome. You know? And then, um, you know, so now like being here and then and then I guess watching the film, like it really does like an awesome job, like depicting that, like, you know, what, you know, they were in like Libya and there was like bombs going off and yeah. shit, you know, like that. It's like that shit is sketchy, but it's like on the flip side, I almost think that they went there on purpose for that, you know, like making TV. Yeah. But, but like, so like that was a sketchy, like, you know, what I thought was probably one of the sketchier things like I saw in that movie, but like the rest of it, I think did a great job depicting like what it really is. Like everybody's so nice. Like, I don't know why we had this like thought that like in America, other countries are like scary and there's like yeah. shit going on. It's like, and it, it almost pisses me off in the sense that it's like, look at the people who are saying like, Oh, be careful. Like, you know, it's like, everyone says like, Oh, be careful. Like, you know, stay together, you know, like just, and I'm like sitting there thinking like, you be careful here in America. Like, like, you know, it's like every other fucking day, there's some, a school getting shot up and shit. It's like, that that's not, that, that shouldn't be a thing. And then, you know, so I think, for me, it just like it, it helped like reassure me that like you know 
there is more to life than, you know, just be, you know, doing the norm, you know, you got to fucking, you know, travel the world. You've done a, a shitload of traveling yourself. I was a little bit behind. So, you know, I, I feel, you know, it's, it's been, it's been an amazing thing, you know, like yeah. it's definitely helped. And I think, uh, you know, food is definitely key. I love to eat. We love to eat. So, you know, trying new shit, always going out, you know, just experience, man. Just yeah. experience. Well, Benny, the other thing too, is that you've got the mindset for it too. Like, I think like to say, to say, like, just go out and travel, like just travel. And, and, and to a degree, I, I, I do think that there is validity in, in, uh, in just, you know, picking a destination and going but i also think it's important to have the mindset for it in terms of like being open to receiving the experiences that you're having you know i think like i think there's a lot of people who travel and go to places and they kind of almost want to live the life they live at home just in a different place you know what i mean as opposed to doing what you're doing right now and immersing yourself in another culture and you know living the way another culture lives, even if it's just, you know, for a week, whatever. I think a lot of people will do that where you see like it, like let's call a spade a spade, dude. When I was in Genoa, the last time I was in Italy and like, and don't get me wrong, traveling to Europe and, and central and South America is like, it's totally different, right? Like European culture is enough like American culture where like, it's not, you're not making major compromises, you know, other than basically eating dinner later, you know, they're, they're similar enough cultures, but like, you know, there's enough tourists that go there and don't want to actually like experience Italian culture because there's fucking McDonald's everywhere. There's fucking Subway everywhere. You know, it's, it's just tons of American. When I was, when I was in Iceland in Reykjavik, now like Reykjavik is not a, like, I wouldn't consider Iceland to be a great food country. I had some really cool food experiences while I was there, but like, I think overall, like based on my experience there, I don't think Iceland is like a crazy food country. And that's partially because it's an island. They have to import everything. They don't have like a ton of native animals. They don't even have a ton of native plant life. Like there's no trees in Iceland. So like that just on its surface alone makes it difficult to have like really cool food experiences because it's hard to grow food and get food there. So we're walking in downtown Reykjavik. Um, and there is a place there called I think this, I think it's right. It's called the great American bar or the American bar. And it's like, there's a fucking fat head of Tom Brady on the window. and shit. It's like in downtown Reykjavik. And I, and if I were to guess, I would say it's because Iceland made their tourism industry very friendly in the sense that it's very cheap to get there. It's, it's not, you know, that expensive to rent a car or to get an Airbnb or whatever, but like everything else is very expensive and the, the local food scene, like if you want to eat like true, true Icelandic food, like it's a little bit out there. I mean, I thought it was cool. Like I ate puffin and caribou and, you know, shit like that, which to me was cool. But if you're just the average American just going to Iceland to kind of check it off your Puff, list. Puffin's just black and white quail, right? <sighs> Dude, I still feel bad about eating that. Puff. They're the cutest fucking animals. And it was not as good as I was hoping it was going to be. And I was pretty bummed out afterwards. <laughs> Not to mention I paid $35 for a fucking puffin appetizer, but 
like my, my broader point, I'll wrap this up is that like, I think a lot of people were going there just to check it off their list, maybe see the Northern lights, go see some cool nature, but didn't want to actually like experience Iceland for Iceland. And, and so places like that can exist where people can go and probably get a fucking hamburger and feel like they're, you know, like they're back at home. Um, and I think like people that travel that way, listen, if, if that's how you travel, great, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. I just think it's a, it's a bad way to travel. I don't think it adds to your perspective or, or you gain anything from that. And so I'm no, glad you gotta... to see you experiencing this and like actually immersing yourself in the culture and learning. And based on, you know, you sent me some of your, your pages that you have written uh, this week or whatever. And like, I can feel that a lot in, in what you're writing. You know, it seems like you've, you've kind of hit that point. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know where I saw or, you know, what, what it was, but it was like saying travel. Actually, it might have been Anthony Bourdain, but uh, um, what, what did it say? Be a traveler, not a tourist. Yeah, yeah, that was a boring um, quote. Um, so, like, just, I mean, shit, man. We, there's two little local spots right down the street. It's like we, we hit them the last two nights. Oh, who nope, is it? No, nah, it's Jason. He can wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, just like some, we're sitting in the restaurant, and, and basically, uh, actually, I have a couple things to say. We're sitting in the restaurant. And the guy was this guy, an American guy, sitting there, and his wife's from Nicaragua. He's from New Hampshire. Get this. Okay. And uh, so where we are, the beach we're at is called Las Panitas, and it's an indigenous population, or it's like an indigenous area. Yeah. So you can't like buy here. Yeah. You can do a night like a ninety-nine year lease, and then you can own the improvements of the of the ground or whatever of the building, but it's not um, like, it's not yours. You can't yeah. own it. But uh, so he was telling us that. And then he was saying that like the local spot, the last eight years has had eight different owners, um, which is like funny to me, but uh, I guess Nicaragua is like deeply hurting bad right now. They used to have two American flights, two Delta, one united flight every single day but they've made their covid regulations like so like you need a pcr test the day of mm. to get here so it's like they and then they crew would have to like check in and out and like the whole crew would have to like comply with some crazy covid regulation that the, every all of them just pulled out so there's not a single one of them that flies to Nicaragua right now. No shit. So, and the reason, I mean, we were here is like we flew back to El Salvador and then drove through, right. which um, I think I talked about that last week, didn't yep. I? The, yep. the ever long fucking trip to get here. But um, so, yeah, Nicaragua was like hurting really bad because there was some political unrest back in 2018. Mm. And that kind of was was messing some shit up. And then, like the very next year, obviously COVID hit the world, and uh, like they are hurting down here bad. So it's almost like they're hurting themselves, though. Yeah, I mean, just if you're, like, if with you're restrictions. A, well, if you're a country that relies on tourism, you have to, you know, you got to fucking toe the line. 
you know, if you're, if you're, tourism is going to be a major driving economic factor. Can you really make it extremely difficult for people to come? Because most people it's like, well, you know, Nicaragua is not the only place in the world. It's not even the only place in Central America, you know, let's go somewhere else. And, you know, so I, I guess I kind of see both sides of it. You know, they're obviously just trying to do what they think is right, but, uh, you know, it makes it tough. Yeah. I guess the whole, I mean, shit, the whole world did get fucked over, but, um, yeah. I guess yeah, it's, no it's more like how how the places responded, you know. Yeah. Just like, uh, yeah. I mean, you're you're totally right. I listened to uh, a great episode of Joe Rogan today that, uh, and I actually have not been listening to him at all recently. But he had on this guy, Dr. Robert Malone, who was one of the original uh, patent holders and uh, creators of the mRNA vaccines. And let's just say he had some interesting thoughts on vaccinations and, and the way the government has been handling it. And I'm going to leave it at that. We've talked about that ad nauseum and uh, I refuse to bring it up. Benny, let's, let's wrap this up. I'm going to, I'm going to end it with a, uh, with a Bourdain quote that uh, I think is very applicable. Uh, Travel changes you as you move through this life in this world, you change things slightly, you leave marks behind, however small, And in return, life and travel leaves marks on you. Most of the time, those marks on your body or on your heart are beautiful. Often, though, they hurt. Anthony Bourdain. Um, Shit, fuck the outro. Yeah, you got anything else? That was the outro, no. Great, love you. Good chat. Love you. See ya.